Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to um, our Abiding Together podcast. Once again, Michelle and I are together in the same room, which is wonderful. It's nice (laughs) to see your beautiful face. Yes, we should do this more often. Usually we're like anywhere from two to three different time zones, but here we are in the kitchen together hanging out. And Heather, you're far from us. We love you. Yeah. And it's the middle of the day. So we actually have regular clothes on and not pajamas and our hair is relatively decent looking. So that's a good day. I feel like we're starting off on a good foot. Somebody came up to me at a conference and they're like, who's the one with like the really great hair? The one that's like always like the curls. I'm like, oh, that's Heather. (laughs) That's Heather's bad head. (laughs) (laughs) So great. But that's the beauty of friendship when you can just, this is the real, you know, it is what it is. Well, and I think when we finally saw you in person wearing your Pacific Northwest sweatshirt, yeah. like we only see that from afar. When we saw you in Louisiana, we, you represented the Pacific Northwest so yeah, well. It's my favorite. It's my favorite hoodie. I'm surprised you're not wearing it right now. It's so great. <laughs> Oh, well, if you uh, heard our episode on marriage that we um, aired some time ago with um, a wonderful guest, Dr. Bob Schutz, we are delighted to let you know that we have him back on the show today. And Dr. Bob has been a marriage and family therapist for um, over 40 years and has a wonderful ministry with marriages and also healing. And so today what we're going to talk about is before Bob talked about, um, especially the areas of marriage and the five components of what makes a healthy marriage and then the sixth one of healing. And today we're going to specifically talk about healing in general and like how that works and kind of how it plays out in our story. And I know myself, I came across Bob's ministry about eight or nine years ago, I was on my own journey of healing and I came to one of the retreats in Tallahassee and it was a restoring the glory retreat about the healing of masculinity and femininity of sexuality. And it changed my life. And I remember saying to Bob, I said, I don't know, like I've done, you know, 12 step meetings and I've done all kinds of therapy and things like, which are all been important and things that I still, you know, continue many components that I continue today. But your retreats are um, taking you know, the, the use of psychology with the healing prayer, with the sacraments, with the theology of the body, and you're literally healing the whole person. You're changing lives. And so that was the beginning of a journey for me and a deeper way of healing. And so um, we just want to welcome you to the show, uh, Bob, and just welcome you back and to talk about healing. And I think last time we asked you kind of how you got into your journey of even being a mar- marriage and family therapist, and you talked about your own journey of your parents divorcing when you were a young man. And so when you, uh, I know you spent hours and hours and hours and hours counseling people um, what was it that, that kind of brings you alive or what makes your heart sing about working with people, especially in the area of personal healing? <laughs> Is that enough for you? <laughs> That's a loaded question. Know, first, huh? off, first question. Uh-huh. Luckily it's the middle of the first, day. No. First, it's great to be here. Uh, I'll just share the first thing that came to my mind when you, when you, two things came to mind when you asked the question. One was an experience when I was in my own healing journey. I was in counseling and I was on a retreat mm-hmm. and uh, I share this and be healed. And I just had a very powerful experience of the Holy Spirit and it healed something so deep inside of me that I didn't know needed mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. And it happened so quickly mm-hmm. after all this preparation mm-hmm. that I said, I want this for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just desire everybody to experience this. And so I started 
recommended all the people that I was working with to go on this retreat, you know, mm -hmm. just because I had been working for months and the months of preparation of counseling was really important. But the encounter uh, with the Holy Spirit, the just really being able to experience God's love in a very real, tangible way changed my life. I mean, it really changed my life, literally. Uh, not that there wasn't and still is lots of healing after that, but mm -hmm. it was a radical reorientation. Mm. And, and then three months after that, I had a healing experience related to my dad and what I talked about there. And, and, and again, it was a supernatural experience. And I began to realize that I had been operating at such a natural level with healing, which is important. I mean, mm -hmm. there are lots of natural things in healing that we all have experienced that are mm -hmm. all very valuable. Mm -hmm. But when you invite God's presence in the middle of that, he can do so much more, as the scripture says, so much more than we can imagine or think of. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the passion got lit. Mm -hmm. uh, then the second thing I thought of is a, is a woman who just came up to me and prophesied, and she, she put oh, her hand on my us, heart, yeah. and uh, she said, you carry around Jesus' uh, heart to heal the nations. Mm -hmm. And I just began to weep, and I had no idea. It bypassed my mind. I just mm -hmm. began to weep. And it was like she was speaking something that was spirit-level knowledge mm. that wasn't conscious knowledge. And, and I, it's, it's just supernatural. It's, just, it's, it's not something that I can explain. Uh, it wasn't something I said, I'm going to go into this, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just Jesus just brought me on a path uh, and brought all of us on a path because I know all of you have been on a healing path in the same way. And uh, once she experienced that, it's like you can't deny it. Mm -hmm. It's just like it's so real and it's it's transformative in our lives in a way that's not easy, that's mm -hmm. not quick, that's not. But it's it's so real mm -hmm. that you know, mm -hmm. you just know this is the path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Doctor Bob, I had a similar experience where I, I referenced this story in the last time we had you on the podcast, where when I experienced this healing with Jake and our marriage and his addiction to pornography it was like some scales fell off my eyes and I realized I've been Catholic my whole life. I, I went to Franciscan University, I studied theology, and for some reason I didn't know that God can set us free and really heal us here on this side of heaven. Like I, I just had always had in my mind, maybe it was subconsciously, I wasn't really thinking through the whole thing, but I kind of had this belief in there that well, we're just on earth, we're just going to suffer. There's just going to be a lot of pain and we just have to suffer and we have to carry our cross. And that's true. There is pain and suffering and we do have to carry our cross and there's redemptive suffering and glorious teaching around that, but that God can actually heal and restore and he wants to, you know, and it lit a fire in my belly as well to, to minister to people in that way and bring that same, at least an opportunity for them to experience the healing power of, of God too. Yeah. And as I think of each of you, it's really a gift that each of you has mm -hmm. that you bring to many, many people. In fact, as I listen to your podcast, there's so much healing that happens, even when the topic isn't healing. There's just so much healing that happens all the time as the three of you are in conversation. Mm -hmm. Michelle, what about you? Like, what was your healing journey or what, what got you into that? Can I just stop for a moment and talk about Heather saying fire in her belly? Like, that's <laughs> oh, girl! 
What a southern term. I feel, I feel very proud right now. Ha, 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 ha. Good job, Northwest uh, girl. Christina, don't edit that out either. <laughs> Michelle, you are my teacher. I've been sitting at your feet. Oh, <laughs> I love Seriously. it. Can I love we, it. Um, that's going to be her ringtone, that little thing. Right yeah. Fire my belly. Hello, Kim. Hello, Kim. Um, for me, it was very similar. It was inviting the Holy Spirit in and realizing that um, just coming from very broken places and realizing the Holy Spirit could come and he could transform. And just realizing that the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can't do life without that power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just even in the last couple of months, the Lord has just been really opening my eyes. Sister and I were actually even talking about it on the car ride over here to Dr. Bob's house. Mm-hmm. It's just that with apart from him, we can do nothing mm-hmm. and that he wants to heal and restore, but that the God of the Acts of the Apostles is alive and well, Amen, girl. and that we limit him. And I just really felt like in the last couple of weeks, the Lord's really placed on my heart just the ways that I have limits limited the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. just, which is heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, that I have not allowed him to be, you know, he is mm-hmm. not the step kid of the Trinity, mm-hmm. you know, he's alive and well and wants to move in power and he's a gentleman and he's a counselor and he's an advocate mm-hmm. and the Lord just wants so much more for us. Mm-hmm. And we do not, um, take him up on that more majority mm-hmm. of the time, which mm-hmm. makes me sad in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, but it's a continuous journey, mm-hmm. you know, um, being with the Holy Spirit and walking with Him, mm-hmm. you know, and then journey to healing. I mean, mm-hmm. He really, truly wants to transform us glory to glory, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. just keep moving, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. What about you, sister? Well, and that's what happens, you know, and I think I, re- I referenced on our episode that we did on healing. For me, it was just really being struggling with depression and just saying something's something's not right, you know, and I was well into religious life, but I was like, something's just amiss, and I didn't realize that what had happened to me as a child that had never been uttered or never been looked at, uh, was affecting me as a woman and as an adult. And I didn't realize that could happen. So for me, it was through suffering that I was like, I need to, I need to look at this, you know, and it was, Mm -hmm. you know, over 12 years ago now that that, that happened. And I think, um, when I came across your ministry, Bob, and something that you talk about in your book, Be Healed, um, which is outstanding is you talk about, you know, as Catholics, we're often familiar with the terms of the seven deadly sins, like, you know, anger, sloth, envy, all those, but you actually have paralleled something called the seven deadly wounds and which really speak to a lot of our stories. And that for me was life changing. And those are things that I still, that I know now what's part of my story and what I can pray against and also pray into as the Holy Spirit into. But I think it would just really bless our listeners. Um, if you could talk about kind of how you formulate the seven deadly wounds and how those play out, because I guarantee everybody listening to this has at least one or two that is a predominant player in their life. You know, just over the years and in, in- as a therapist, you, you hear people's stories mm-hmm. and you begin to hear these common themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't until I was reading uh, a book by Dr. Ed Smith and he was talking about these eight wounds that he kept identifying. Uh, his transformation prayer ministry, is he's the founder of that. And I looked at those and I said, those that's the first time I've seen a cate- categorization of what I'm dealing with all the time. And... Uh, I ended up taking it and putting it seven mm-hmm. uh, and combining two of what he had. Uh, but just reading that and seeing it and seeing it in my life and the lives of everybody else, I said, these are universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you say we all have one or two. I think we have one or two that we're really aware of. But I believe that since the fall of mankind, we have all seven. Oh, it's true. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, that's very true. That those seven are, each of them are a wounding, but don't think of these as just major events. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we speak about abandonment, that's mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Abandonment isn't just the two of us having our fathers leave mm-hmm. uh, when our parents divorce. That's abandonment. Mm-hmm. But 
you can have a parent totally present all the time and you feel abandoned mm -hmm. just because that part of your heart has not been mm. seen and known and heard. Mm. Uh, and so the each one of these wounds, and I'll give you the seven wounds mm -hmm. and then the identity lies, but each one of these wounds has, a, has an identity lie that's associated with them. And it's, it's not so much the events that we carry with us. We carry with us the trauma of those events, but we carry with what holds the trauma in us is the beliefs that we have related to those events. So, mm. for, for example, the, with abandonment, uh, the beliefs are, I'm alone. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about me. Nobody understands me. Nobody uh, knows. Mm -hmm. Nobody's there for me. Yeah. Nobody's there for mm -hmm. me. And we can have events in our life, but that becomes the ongoing narrative mm. through which we interpret Mm -hmm. our life going forward mm -hmm. and and when that happens then it, it's like wearing a set of glasses that colors our perception of reality and colors all of our relationships mm -hmm. we begin then to relate to people out of that perception mm -hmm. uh, yes and so rejection hopelessness powerlessness confusion shame and fear mm -hmm. are the seven deadly wounds and each one of those has beliefs associated with them. And with shame, uh, you know, we all have certain things we say to ourselves mm -hmm. and about ourselves that are areas of self-loathing, self-rejection, self-contempt. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm too tall, I'm too small, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm, I'm dirty, I'm bad, I'm ugly, I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. You know, the list goes on and on. Uh, those are all shame wounds. Mm -hmm. And shame... By its nature, uh, it could happen in an instant where somebody called us a name or somebody mm -hmm. treated us mm -hmm. a particular way or we had a sexual abuse and we took that into ourselves or we had some kind of verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. uh, but the shame becomes our identity. Mm -hmm. It's like we begin to see ourselves mm -hmm. through the filter of those words or those events and we carry that forward with us. Mm -hmm. uh, and oftentimes these wounds are coupled with each other. Mm -hmm. So for example, and we'll take the example of sexual abuse because it's a, it's a traumatic wound. Mm -hmm. uh, almost everyone who have ever helped walk through sexual abuse uh, has a shame wound, mm -hmm. uh, has a sense of it happened because I, I didn't stop it mm -hmm. or uh, I must be bad or I'm dirty now or, mm -hmm. or I'm tarnished or tainted because of this. Uh, but there's also abandonment there. Mm -hmm. There's a part of my heart that nobody sees. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have been treated this way if I was loved, so I must be rejected. Mm -hmm. And if anybody knew this about me, they would reject me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel powerless in this mm -hmm. situation mm -hmm. and there's hopelessness because things will never change. Mm. Oh, you see them all converging. They, they just yeah. all come together. Mm -hmm. um, and I really believe at the fall, Adam and Eve experienced all seven of them mm. instantaneously. Huh. And pass them down to the rest of us down through the generations. Mm -hmm. And so this is our inheritance. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so it's often difficult. Like I was a therapist for many years before I began to realize that the word rejection fit me. Mm. You know, I could see it for other people, but I couldn't see it for me because I had these wounds of rejection that were invisible to my eyes. And partly because they were so painful, mm -hmm. you know, uh, my dad leaving was a rejection. Mm -hmm. I never thought of it as a rejection. Mm. Uh, I saw it as him rejecting my mom when they divorced, but I didn't see it as him rejecting me because mm -hmm. I knew he still loved me, but it was still, I'm not experiencing the love. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, girlfriends who cheated on me, that was mm-hmm. a rejection. Mm-hmm. Uh, just day-to-day things that happen where you get called a certain name, you know, mm-hmm. those, are, those are rejections and you take mm-hmm. in shame. So, you know, I think we all have those experiences and sometimes we want to make them so big that we feel like if it's not this big, then oh yeah, then then it's not. I don't mm-hmm. have any wounds. Well, we all wounded, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just I was one of those people who didn't think I had any wounds, and it's laughable to me now. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was I was a therapist for many years, and you know I was helping everybody else with their woundedness. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, but we've got yeah. them. <laughs> Doctor Bob, sometimes we hear people say things like, you know, hey, we just got to get over it. You know, like things happen whatever life happens, everybody has pain. We just got to get over it. Um, in my experience has been that we don't just get over it. Like even if it's small, even if it seems insignificant and sometimes that can actually become a barrier to us opening our heart to the healing of God is because we diminish or we don't want to acknowledge it. I would just love to hear your thoughts on, on uh, that. It's the old pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably in Alabama, in the cowboy country, they had that one. Yeah, but yeah. we also use scripture, you know. We, we quote St. Paul, forget what is behind and press on mm-hmm. to the goal. Mm-hmm. As though, and, and we even hear some people preach about this. You know, the past is the past, you know, let it go. Well, it's great if you can let it go. But we're living the past and the present through these belief systems. Oh, yeah. amen, dude. And that's yeah. the key. That's it's not right. a matter of focusing on the past. The past is just the doorway through which either through our sin or through the ways we are wounded, that we internalize mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. ongoing belief system that is present and it influences every relationship we have, every mm-hmm. way that we relate to God, relate to other people. It's, it's present. Mm-hmm. So how do you move on from something that's present? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that we often don't see. We don't, we haven't thought about it that way. We don't, we don't know how powerful some of those dynamics are from the past at play in our regular life. You know, even if it's a small memory where we experienced humiliation or we experienced like a rejection or something that in our adult mind, we can look at it and go, it's so silly. It was so little. I mean, that happens to everybody. It's no big deal. You know, I've had those thoughts so many times myself. Um, but as I've sat with them in, in front of God, I've realized, wow, that actually really hurt me because I wasn't an adult then I was a child. And, and children hear and experience things so differently. And we almost have to like go back there to those places um, without our adult mind, like rationalizing away everything. Yeah, I, I learned something this past couple of years that our heart actually has brain cells in it. Hmm. Wow. Uh, so that when they do heart transplants, they find out that people have the experience of the person whose heart transplant, they have, they have the same thoughts and the same Fascinating. That is fascinating. That and so... <laughs> Like, and so our minds grow, yeah. but our hearts still hold on to the same beliefs wow. that were implanted in them through those times as a child. And and, and, and we're constantly filtering those. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, like when we are on this journey, and I think like when we're even studying the doctors of the church, St. Teresa of Avila references a lot, just self-awareness, mm-hmm. know, learning how to know yourself, you know, and then John Paul II references a lot in that original solitude, mm-hmm. you know, and I think solitude is different than loneliness. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we sometimes are like solitude, you're telling me, you know, I need to be all by myself to know what you're telling, what he's saying is you have to get to know yourself, who you are and who God has created you to be and seeing where these areas have come in, mm-hmm. like where these filters have come in and learning 
you know, so you can bring them to the Lord for healing and wholeness and holiness. But we also have talked a couple of times, and it just is, keeps on coming back the last couple of weeks, you know, is that our, as Dr. Bob was saying, like our heart, our hearts have to have language. Mm-hmm. Like we have to have language to explain what's going on in our hearts because how we pray comes out of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Like the catechism says, like mm-hmm. we pray with our heart, like St. Therese says, it's a lifting of our hearts towards heaven, mm-hmm. but our hearts have languages. So we mm-hmm. have to be able to become self-aware to figure out, all right, what is going on with my heart? And I just noticed that raising my kids, especially my boys, that like I have two that just have such a hard time of putting words to what's mm-hmm. going on. Like mm-hmm. they can't figure out, mm-hmm. mom, I'm fine. I'm fine. But fine's not a word. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but they're just like, I'm like, can you tell me what's going on? And it's like, you mm-hmm. can tell, like they're, they're trying so hard and mm-hmm. I don't want to be an annoying mother, which mm-hmm. I probably am in some ways, but I'm trying to help them like use verbiage, you know, like to be able to say that. And I think it's hard because a lot of us aren't used to putting words in language to our hearts or what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? It's mm-hmm. the feminine genius. Yeah. I, I think it's it's the gift that you bring to us as women. And I, you know, I would just say to all the listeners, one of the reasons why this podcast is so powerful is because these three women have walked this journey and have walked into their hearts in this way. And so they're articulating for you things that have been years in process mm-hmm. for each of you. And you're getting to be able to experience the fruit of that. Uh, and I and I really think that we need this. And I, I found out that there's a lot more men listening to these than <laughs> It might be with headphones on, so nobody we're, knows, we're, but we're, they listen. We're, we're, we're all listening. <laughs> so, Bob, you talked a bit about a shame, uh, abandonment, and rejection. Can you talk about the some examples of the rest of the wounds as well? Yeah. Uh, fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, fear is the opposite of security. Mm. You know, when we're securely loved, there's a confidence in being beloved and being loved and being mm-hmm. uh, known and, and feeling safe, feeling mm-hmm. protected. Uh, and a wound of fear, it's different than the emotion of fear. The emotion of fear is, you know, if you're stamping on over a cliff, you're mm-hmm. going to have fear and sure, you're going to sure. pull back. That's a healthy emotion. Mm-hmm. But fear as a wound is a mindset of fearfulness. Mm. Uh, a lot of our anxiety is undefined fear. Interesting. Uh, but it's it's a, if I trust, I'm going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. If I don't protect myself, I, I won't be safe. I won't be protected. And so I've got to protect myself. And, mm-hmm. and so we take a wound and then we respond to that wound by, by trying to fix it ourselves mm-hmm. rather than recognizing that there was some event, whether that was a hurt, a rejection, a, a fear of death, whatever mm-hmm. that was that that hit us in the place of our heart and that we carry fear forward mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopelessness is, you know, a lot of depression is, is just a wound of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's a place where our hearts shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when our hearts shut down because of the pain, then we get into a sense of things are never going to get better. Things are going to never change because, because life comes through the heart. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a good quote. Life comes through the heart. Mm-hmm. Put that on Instagram. Girl. And, yeah. and, and when, when our hearts shut down, we don't have an avenue to experience the life of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in the same way. Not that the Holy Spirit's absent, but we don't, it's not alive in us. And so, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit is hope. Mm. Uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit is trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fear is the opposite of trust. Mm-hmm. Hopelessness is the opposite of hope. Mm. I think we could probably go through the different Catholic virtues and mm-hmm. look at these See, wounds yeah. as the flip side of mm-hmm. those. I haven't mm-hmm. spent much time thinking mm-hmm. about that. But. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. What about confusion and powerlessness as uh, the last confusion two? Confusion is, uh, is, is, you know, when we get hurt and we try to figure it out ourselves, mm. uh, the result of that is confusion. Uh, and confusion is, I don't understand, this doesn't make any sense, I can't figure it out. Whenever we have any kind of a trauma, there's often confusion that's mm -hmm. associated with that. But we then carry that forward. We carry forward this sense that I've got to figure it out, but it, I, I can't make sense of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and what was the other one? Powerlessness, Powerlessness yeah. yeah. Uh, oftentimes we have an experience of feeling stuck, feeling trapped, uh, feeling unable to do something, feeling unable to accomplish something. Uh, sometimes when children are hurt in that stage of initiative, like three and four years old, uh, you know, they have some kind of trauma there. They, they kind of go through life feeling helpless, mm. or we can even take on a victim mentality of, mm -hmm. you know, why does everything always happen to me? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. th those are different areas where power, where powerlessness comes through. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, I was just going to say that often people, when they begin to hear, I I'm sure as people are listening to you talk, they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. I'm doing that right now. I'm like, um, check, 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 well, check, check. I just check. see the three of your faces as I'm talking. It's like, oh, I didn't mean to traumatize. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for triggering me, Bob. I'll be uh, getting a counseling session later on this, but no. Um, but sometimes we can just get overwhelmed, right? And we just go, whoa, like there's all this stuff going on. What do I do? Like what what can I do instead of being overwhelmed? Because God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed by our story, by our pain. So what, are, what is maybe just like a practical beginning step? Like how do we begin to look at our story and allow the healing power of God there? I'm glad you bring that up. But it's, I was thinking earlier about, and I don't think Jesus meant this exactly in this way, but I think it applies. He said, uh, I will give you the Holy Spirit and he will bring you into all truth. Mm -hmm. but you couldn't bear it all right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same with all of this. I mean, mm -hmm. if we were shown all of our woundedness all at once, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it goes back to it in a very simple way is not trying to figure out, not trying to psychologize ourselves, not try to analyze ourselves, not try to mm -hmm. fix ourselves, but just where is the Holy Spirit moving right now? Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, amen. So, so as we're in this podcast... What's the Holy Spirit bringing to awareness right now? Mm -hmm. uh, and let's start there mm -hmm. and not try to solve the whole thing, not yeah. try to analyze the whole thing. Yes. Uh, in our healing the whole person, we have a journaling exercise and I have it in Be Healed also. Just as a way to begin to identify and to name and to look at. And, and it's just gently guided by the Holy Spirit. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to guide, there'll be layers of it that we'll begin to see. And I know that's true for each of our stories. Mm -hmm. There's been mm -hmm. layers of healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, layers of healing and still layers of healing. Yeah. Like we were oh, laughing yeah. and we were talking about that on a previous podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm in a constant episode of Shrek. Layers, donkey, <laughs> layers. I mean, yeah. it's just another layer. And I guess I'm learning also what served me when I was younger to survive yeah. I can't bring into new seasons. Amen. Like so versus so there's some areas like my heart had to shut down because I don't know if I would, I didn't have the emotional capability or the other capability to survive that season yes. if I didn't shut down a little. And so, but the Lord is gracious and kind and wants to restore all. And he's like, all right, you can't bring that into this new season. Yeah. Like you use that as survival skills, but I want you more than just five. He just 
he's inviting us into abundant life. Amen. You know, where our heart is fully beating, fully functioning. And, you know, I think probably majority of us walk around like there's four chambers of your heart. Like you even take the physical, like probably operating on one or two chambers and he wants all four chambers Mm -hmm. open and alive and pumping Mm -hmm. all that blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's exactly why God reveals out of his kindness, our woundedness, because he wants to bring us into communion. Yes. Mm -hmm. And my spiritual director will often say, you know, sister Miriam, you're not a problem to be fixed. You're a person to be loved. Mm -hmm. And this is what God is doing. He's taking these parts that are isolated Mm -hmm. and he's bringing us into communion. So he's not showing us our wounds to overwhelm us or he doesn't work like that. God never accuses us. Like he will convict us at times. He doesn't accuse us, but he's bringing us into communion which is the deepest desire of our heart. Mm-hmm. And we, what we find out is that we're loved where we are. Like, we're loved. That God lives outside of time. He's always present. And, and yeah, that's just the beautiful thing of like, okay, Lord, you, you want to love me here. Like, this mm-hmm. is an area where you're gently touching me because you want to love me. You want to bring me into deeper intimacy with you. So how can I cooperate with that? Mm-hmm. You know? And, I, you know, I talked to, we all talked to, you know, all of us go across the nation and speak at conferences. And I talked to so many people who, who want to take the next step, but they just flat out will not go to counseling. Like just, no, no, I don't think I need that. You know? So like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to talk to anybody. I think I can do it on my own. And, mm-hmm. and that's not, it's not the, that's not the point of like trying to muscle it out on your own, but you know, is there somebody that come, come alongside you on the journey to help you to like, you know, we talked about the Adam Young podcast to bring us into the kingdom, like where God mm-hmm. wants to, to, and so I often will just recommend your book, Bob, just be like, you know, why don't you just start here? Just start here and just see what happens. Like see what God speaks mm-hmm. to your heart, mm-hmm. you know? Or your book. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't usually I don't usually promote my own book, but <laughs> but we will. <laughs> yeah, often my experience of like you know when God begins to reveal something, sometimes it happens. We we're using this language, you know, uh, and some people might go, well, what does that look like practically? Well, sometimes your life just feels really disrupted. You know, yes. sometimes it's like the same thing just keeps coming up. You you might have the same, you know, experience of frustration or anger or hurt or you know you're just reacting acting to things with a bigger reaction than fits the situation. That's usually a sign that while there's something bigger going on here, this has a bigger root. And I used to feel like, you know, it's like God just sticking his finger right into my wound. And I'd be like, ow, like stop touching it. Like stop. That hurts when you do that. Um, and often that experience, I wasn't remembering that God's hands have the power to heal. Oh, he amen, sticks girl. his finger into something. It's because he's saying, Heather, I love you too much to have this stay there. I want to heal this and I can amen. because I'm good and I love you and I'm powerful. I'm more powerful than this wound and than anything you, you think about what this situation is, you know? And you know, the other piece of this is he often, when you talk about overreaction, it's our overreactions that reveal the areas we need to be healed, mm-hmm. but we don't, sometimes even see that until we have enough security you know so it's not just that he heals us in order so that he can love us more mm-hmm. but it's as he loves us that we have the courage to face these things and That's so true, you, yeah. you couldn't have brought those situations mm-hmm. out earlier earlier mm-hmm. because there wasn't enough security there yep. but you're you're secure now in love mm-hmm. with him with chris and in that and it's true for all of us oh absolutely then That's we so can true. go to the next place of our heart because mm-hmm. we trust Mm-hmm. And I think it's also very important as the, one of the things that we um, reiterate in the podcast as God is putting his finger on these wounds is to have safe people around you yeah. to speak truth to mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you know, because it is so easy just to like almost navel gaze and be like, oh my right. gosh, this is so much. 
But to have those people that lift your head up and yeah. lift your gaze up to the Father and to the Holy Spirit and see what He's doing, and also to speak truth over that. Mm-hmm. Speak truth over, this is who you are, this is what He's doing, because a lot of times you can't see it when you're so so close. Yeah. It's so far. I know for each of us, we've had seasons, I mean, we're still in seasons where it's constantly, okay, but you know what truth is, like, all mm-hmm. right, it's so easy to just believe, you know, that the wound is truth, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Or even you know? if you struggle to have hope in certain things, like, I've been there, and you two are like, you you can't have hope, Heather, we're going to have hope for you. Like, we're going to stand next to you and have hope for you, we're going to pray into that, we're going to fast for you, when I feel incapable of, you know, doing doing very much on my own. And I think it's just like, being able to be vulnerable enough with people in your life who you trust, being able to open your heart to those places and say, I'm really struggling here because if people don't know, they don't know how to love you. They can't support you in that way. Um, so I think there's a real key in vulnerability, uh, when we talk about healing as well. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so great. Um, and Dr. Bob, like, could you just tell people a little bit about the ministry that you have and sort of some of the retreats that you offer um, in case people are interested in diving a little deeper? Yeah, we uh, around the country, the one that we do most often is called Healing the Whole Person. And as the one uh, you were able to join us once as a worship leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sister Miriam now is coming most of the time mm-hmm. as we do these. And uh, it's just awesome just to see her. Share. My brother Bart is also part of the team. Kim on our team. Uh, Colleen comes with us. But uh, we just try to set up an atmosphere uh, with teaching, with witness, with prayer experiences uh, where people can safely have a space and a time and a, and a focus to be able to enter into the healing pro- process. And uh, it's uh, looking at how God made us, what he made us for, that communion, what brokenness looks like. Um, how do we walk into an encounter with the Father's love? How do we open ourselves to that encounter? And then how do we live in freedom? That's basically the four talks in the conference. And we're just always amazed. It's just, you know, we, we were concerned when the conferences started getting bigger that people wouldn't experience the same level of healing. We're just amazed every time we go, the immensity of the healing. And we'll just ask how many people had an encounter with God? Everybody's hand goes up. How many people feel like they had significant emotional healing 90 percent of the people's hands goes up and mm-hmm. it's just like it's it's god's work in the church mm-hmm. right now it's what's needed and we didn't plan this none of us you know said this is what we're going to do it's just like mm-hmm. you take the next step and the next step mm-hmm. uh we do uh, a lot of work with priests we we now have a priest conference every month uh in fact sisters in town now awesome. the reason why we're here for a priest conference that mm-hmm. we're doing uh starting tomorrow um, marriage conferences, women's conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just started this mm-hmm. year. Men's conferences, uh, equipping conferences. My brother Bart does. Uh, Ken Kneetman on our team does uh, deeper into the Father's heart. So a lot of different kinds of conferences that all have the focus mm-hmm. of healing and equipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that beautiful church that you all have talked about. Mm-hmm. And where you know, could they find that? Well, they can go, the, the ministry is called the John Paul II Healing Center. And so you can find um, that on the JP2 Healing Center, uh, is it .com? And we'll post it on our website as well. We'll post uh, Dr. Bob's books and things that you can get there. And I, I must say, like the, you know, in the state that we are in the church today and just all that feels like has has 
fallen apart in some ways, you know, in the priesthood and maybe our view of what that is. Um, we can sometimes just look at what everybody else needs to do. You know, if they would just get their crap together, if they would just, you know, experience healing. And sometimes we feel powerless in that. And I think just one encouragement is that what we can do is we can do our own work and the power of, of a, a witness of healing and restoration um, can sometimes be the conduit for somebody else's healing and restoration. You know, when Jake and I were going through some of our big healing at the beginning of our marriage, we had a, a good friend, Father Justin Brady, who came. He wasn't a priest at that time, but he came down to visit us, and he had taken a year out of seminary to just do some of his own healing work. And I, I've known him almost my whole life, and I took one look at him, and I was like, "What has happened to you?" Like he was, he was different, so different that I, it was almost immediately visible to me. And it was because of his witness and what he had experienced that that launched us into, um, a big part of our healing journey. And so I think part of how we restore the church and how we, um, you know, like bring God's kingdom is to let it happen in our own hearts and in our own, in our own lives so that we can bear that witness to other people. Like a Christ's wounds aren't, they're, they're signs of glory. And that, and that's too what he wants to do with, with us is that our wounds could be a sign of glory to the world. So thank you, Dr. Bob, for offering that. <laughs> like, thank you for just providing the opportunity for God to be God in people's lives. It's a beautiful ministry that you have. Beautiful to be able to watch it. And mm -hmm. see him do it. Mm -hmm. There's a you probably say it a lot on this podcast, mm -hmm. but there's a statement that Sister Miriam says about suffering that mm -hmm. isn't mm -hmm. that I think uh, speaks to what you were just saying. Yeah, we often quote that the suffering that is not transformed is transmitted. Yeah. And so many times, you know, the the things that we wish didn't happen to us don't just go away. They that suffering will just it will just transmit onto other people that we love, our marriages, our kids, our people that we work with, and so. It's not until we are um, willing to allow Jesus to very tenderly come into our lives and to transform that, and it happens over time, that then grace and beauty begins to flow from the same wounds. Like it doesn't, it, you know, the healing of Christ isn't like, it's not like magic where everything goes away, but like you're saying, Heather, the wounds are transformed from signs of torture into signs of glory. Mm -hmm. right? And the result is intimacy with God, you know, like that it's not just about the healing. The healing isn't the end. The healing is part of the way that like where we grow in intimacy with God mm -hmm. and coming into our purpose and coming into oh, our I calling. Agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, definitely. Totally agree. Mm. Well, this is like another episode we could continue on, <laughs> but, uh, yes, but dear listeners, we're going to put um, the links to Bob's books on our uh, show notes on our website. So you can check it out. And I would highly recommend if you're asking yourself, you know, where do I start? I would highly recommend, and I'm not saying it because he's sitting next to me, but I was saying it because I really believe it. I would highly recommend Bob's book, Be Healed. Mm -hmm. oh, I agree. Just start there and just see what happens. And, and like we talked about today, this is not, you don't have to scratch it yourself. You don't have to figure it out. Let's just start someplace and ask the Holy Spirit just to reveal whatever he wishes to reveal and just see what happens along the journey. So, so dear ladies, we have come to the part of our show where we talk about our one thing, our one things, Michelle, what is your, what is your one thing? Well, I was listening to it in the car on the way here and it's an older song by Amanda Cook. You don't miss a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just a gorgeous, beautiful song of Bethel, but it goes right along what we were talking about that he doesn't mm -hmm. miss a detail of our life and he doesn't mm -hmm. miss a thing about us. And that the goal is intimacy. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, our whole goal for this walk, mm -hmm. you know, is to have him love us and love him in return. Mm -hmm. So you don't miss a thing by Amanda Cook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
What's nice. yours, sister? Well, mine's a song that you actually recommended to me one time when I was in a place that it was just struggling. And I believe, I think it's Stephanie Gretzinger, a song called Come Out of Hiding. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. that's a powerful one, Come Out of Hiding. So, <laughs> My favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Michelle Grab th- some tissues. Yeah, Michelle uh-huh. threw that one down for me. She's like, you need. You, I think the song is for you. And it was. I, I, I was at a time where I needed to hear that. And it was so beautiful. It's so prophetic. It's such a beautiful song. So that, for me, is my one thing, Come Out of Hiding. Yeah. Heather, what about you? Well, I'll just lighten it up. It's not on a healing or spiritual topic. Well, I guess it can be a spiritual experience, but there's this chicken dish that... um, (laughs) I was going to do a recipe too, but... I came across. (laughs) The thing that's awesome about it is that it's so easy, and so I thought that might be a gift to our listeners, but I actually got it from Michelle, and she cooked it in her slow cooker. It's this like chicken with Frank's uh, hot sauce on it and some ranch shredded buffalo chicken thing, Um, but I did it in my instant pot. So I feel like I don't have time for a slow, I don't even have time for a slow cooker because I forget in the morning. So I just threw all this frozen chicken in there at like 4.30 in the afternoon. And I, you know, poured this hot sauce and shook this other stuff on it. And it was amazing. It was so delicious. My whole family freaked and loved it. So I'm going to post that for your dinner plans or party plans or whatever you might need it for. Michelle, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> you can make that your ringtone. <laughs> and on Instagram. <laughs> Dr. Bob, what about you? What's your one thing for well, this week? I, I, there's no uh, continuity here between your one things and my It doesn't have to be. That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, I just what it's been on my heart a lot this year is the bishops of our church. Amen. I know they're under a lot of attack, a lot of criticism. I've been in communication with many of them. And uh, they're the great majority of them are very, very good, holy men. Amen. And uh, my heart goes out to them. And we're, for the first time, going to have a bishop's conference this oh, year. I love that. And they're, they're, they're hungry. They're open. You know, you talked earlier about, you know, with all that's going on, that openness creates mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity for God to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, he always does his best work in times of mm-hmm. like this. And, and so, Sister, will be joining us with yeah. uh, Father Burke Masters, who's up in Illinois, oh, good. and Kim, and uh, if, I just ask everybody to keep that in prayers and keep yes, the bishops in definitely. prayers, and I just have a, a deep love for them and a Amen. deep desire for them mm-hmm. uh, to be able to receive the healing, because, you know, the the more authority they have, the harder it is for you to find a safe place mm-hmm. uh, to be able to receive. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, amen, dear listeners, and thank you for joining us on the journey. Thank you again, Dr. Bob Schutz. It's been a delight to have you on. So it's always a, yeah, wonderful. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your, and your love and just, yeah, your deep heart. It's just a blessing to the church and to the world. And so we're really grateful. And so, yes, dear listeners, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit this week? Ask the Holy Spirit where he wants to speak to you and, and where he wants to bring you to new life. And, and even in the pain, even through the suffering, there always comes a resurrection. And just that you know that you are safely and securely and eternally loved. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com 
forward slash abiding together and enter your email address, click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email, give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.